Wasabi Wallet. Unfairly Private. What's up, everyone? I'm Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. Now, this is where you can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services. They have their Bitcoin-backed loans. This is where you can get Canadian or U.S. dollars in your bank account using Bitcoin as collateral. I've used this. It really saved me. Um, this is particularly useful if, number one, you need to get your hands on dollars. Number two, you don't want to sell your Bitcoin because that's taxable. And uh, number three, you may be worried about having to bribe buy back in at a higher price point. So here, again, you can deposit your Bitcoin, get dollars in your bank account within 24 hours. And when you pay back that loan, you get back the exact same amount of Bitcoin. Now, they do have a couple other offerings. They've got their Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts with interest rates of 11.7% maximum uh, annually paid monthly. They've got their B2X offering as well. This is, uses the same loan mechanism to instantly buy more Bitcoin, which effectively doubles your Bitcoin on the spot. So if you want to check out Ledin, uh, you can check them out via the link in the show notes down below. If you use that link and opt to get a loan, you will get 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin for free. And up next, we have our friends at... So Crypto Cloaks, if you haven't heard of these guys, you gotta check them out. A bunch of awesome Bitcoiners got together and started pumping out incredible swag from a uh, growing array of 3D printers. Now these guys make a ton of great stuff. They have, uh, let's list off a few things. Um, they have shells for your node cases. So I've done some uh, tutorials on like my node. I'm, I've got an upcoming one for uh, Umbral the Umbral node, and I'm gonna be actually using a custom case that I just saw the previews for. Very stoked about that. But besides the fact they've got uh, some drawer, they've got the Bitcoin Honey Badger drawer to store your, well, really whatever you want, but hardware wallets, things like that. Uh, they have sticker packs. They've got shells for your hardware wallets, like the cold card here. They, of course, have things like coasters and even night lights, really. So a little bit of everything for everyone. So I do encourage you check out cryptocloaks.com and hey if you want a bit of a discount use the code btc sessions all one word you get five percent off and finally we have boom the kobo vaults now i've done a full tutorial on this this has quickly moved up the ranks to be one of my most used hardware wallets and i really love it because it is 100 percent air air gapped in a an easy to use fashion so air gapped means that you never plug this thing into any internet connected device everything is entirely offline and done via qr code between your device and a phone a computer whatever you want but it's all qr codes so it's never plugged in your keys are never compromised in that way now they have a secure element they have uh of course that protects your private seed or your your seed phrase your private keys um the firm is open source and one of my favorite things about this is that it is interoperable with all of my favorite wallets you can use it with bitcoin core you can use it with electrum you can use it with wasabi my favorite desktop wallet and you can use it with blue wallet which is my go-to day-to-day 
mobile wallet on and it's on iOS and Android. So be sure to check out Kobo Vault. And in fact, they have a giveaway going on right now. If you want to get a Kobo Tablet Plus, which is a steel seed plate to store the backup for any wallet that you may have, all you need to do is get on Twitter get on Twitter, retweet the show, tag myself and Kobo in that tweet. Let us know why you want one and I will announce winners. I will continue doing this all the way through November. So keep an eye out for that. With that, let's dive into the news. So I I had to wear my special Craig Wright is a fraud shirt uh, regarding the first story uh, here. I, I, I had to bring it up because uh, Peter McCormick tweeted out recently, does Gary V understand what he has signed up to present at? Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk is kind of like an online social media marketing mogul. He's written a few books um, about kind of, I guess, not so much self-help, maybe kind of like motivational, uh, but he's he's pretty popular online. Uh, he's kind of mastered the social media game, whether or not you're into his content, totally besides the fact. But he was slated to speak at a conference from CoinGeek, which is uh, kind of in cahoots with the likes of Calvin Air, Craig Wright, um, Chain, all of the guys that basically center around Craig Wright as being Satoshi and their shitcoin basically that they claim is the real bitcoin of course bitcoin sv or bsv uh has absolutely dropped off a cliff it's worth like one somewhere between one and two percent of a bitcoin at this point so obviously the market has not seen eye to eye with satoshi's vision but besides the fact they had gary v slated to speak at this conference and so peter mccormick just uh, lightly jabbed and said, hey, do you know what you're doing? He said, hey, Gary, this isn't the real Bitcoin. Check the criminal record of the guy, uh, of the guy two to the left and check the criminal record of Calvin Air paying your fee. Someone help this guy. He had Jan Pritzker, Pritzker from uh, uh, Inventing Bitcoin, author of that, and uh, with Swan Bitcoin. He said, Gary V, you are getting scammed. Research these guys. He replied to that, said, doing so as we speak. And then even Jameson Lobb jumped in with an article that he wrote uh, called How Many Wrongs Make a Right, which kind of documented all of the fallacies and outright lies that uh, that Craig has made over the past number of years. Anyways, besides the fact, uh, quickly, relatively quickly, I think within 24 hours, we saw this pop up and you see CoinGeek the next day saying, after further consideration, Gary has decided that given all the intricacies of Bitcoin, he is unable to speak on a panel about social content creators moving on chain to make money without further understanding the topic. We fully respect and support Gary V's decision. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that wasn't, <laughs> was not the reasoning behind it. Obviously he, he kind of saw the red flags go off from all these Bitcoiners saying like, whoa, what are you doing? You might want to look into this a little bit deeper. And he got the hell out of Dodge. So, um, yeah, like, again, <laughs> some people were saying this is kind of cancel culture. I think this is just Bitcoiners doing the Bitcoin thing and being like, yo, here's a bunch of stuff to read. You might want to look at this. Um, and, you know, he made his own decision, whatever. Uh, but I do find it 
relatively amusing. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Let's move on. So Venezuelan authorities to govern all Bitcoin mining by decree. A new law mandates registration and centralizes control of all aspects of cryptocurrency mining, including the distribution of profits. This from Decrypt.co. Let's read a little bit that uh, we have here. I, actually, uh, we're going to read through a lot of the, the details here. A decree published on Monday by the Venezuelan authorities mandates that all Bitcoin miners join a national pool and imposes regulations on every aspect of their activity, according to local news outlet Kryptoniakias. I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, Venezuela's cheap electricity and inflationary economic policies have made it the primary spot to mine Bitcoin in South America. While the new decree proclaims the legalization of crypto mining, it joins a raft of recent legislation that increasingly seeks to centralize and control the mining of the world's most popular cryptocurrency on national territory. Okay, now, ASIC manufacturing, mining form, farm construction, the import of equipment, and the distribution of funds will all be regulated under the law issued by the National Superintendency of Crypto Assets and Regular regu uh, Related Activities, or SUNACRIP, we'll call it. Uh, the authorities claim that Bitcoin mining has paved the way for increased speculation on the value of the dollar and circumvention on the country's financial controls. As such, a registry a registry of miners or RIM has been established to process licenses via the web. It will include equipment manufacturers and those involved in constructing mining farms. Anyone operating outside the pool will be risking a hefty fine. The registry has been the source of alarm and frustration for crypto entrepreneurs in the country. The fear that disclosing their income and activity might attract the attention of criminals and corrupt government officials, I would be more worried about the latter, and have complained about extortion attempts. Makes sense. The state's attempts to centralize mining also go against the core philosophy of Bitcoin. A state-controlled mining operation is vulnerable to the pool operator, presumably the state, collecting taxes from miners, freezing their funds, and delaying payment, the very freedom Bitcoin is meant to offer. Yeah, so basically you see a country... Um, this is kind of a double-edged sword. No matter what, uh, if, if you're going to have freedom of mining everywhere, you're going to have uh, the state trying to grasp at straws and trying to hold on to that power. Particularly, you're going to see the uptake of things like Bitcoin mining in the most hard-hit areas when it comes to monetary policies gone awry like Venezuela, where they've had million plus percent inflation. Um, so here you see people trying to get opt out of this system by becoming Bitcoin miners and participating in a, a non-state uh, funded or created national, well, I guess, <laughs> global currency. Uh, but then you see the state within that jurisdiction clamping down saying, hey, no, we're going to take essentially what they did with every other uh, sector, they seize the means of production and and ruin the industry that was actually doing well for the individuals involved in it. Uh, so I, I think it's no different here. It will happen in certain jurisdictions. Those juris jurisdictions that are a little bit more freer, it, this won't happen. There may be mild regulations, but you know this is the most extreme reaction 
And you'll probably see it in jurisdictions that have similar problems and have similar government overreach that are looking to maintain power. Um, I don't think this holds, though. I, I think that uh, it will be difficult to fully clamp down on this. And that's kind of the beauty of Bitcoin, because as long as you have access to power, it's very difficult to to nail down where these particular uh, farms are. And I mean, you can always, they, they can really pretty much pop up anywhere. Um, so we will see how this all plays out, but uh, it, it does suck to be a miner in Venezuela now uh, with this kind of uncertainty. And if if it really gets bad, then, then that hashing power will just migrate elsewhere, realistically. Uh, moving on here, institutional investors say they'll buy more Bitcoin from a survey. So uh, a new report from cryptocurrency insurance company Evertas suggests that institutional investors plan to increase their focus on crypto assets in the next five years. Evertas surveyed investors to see uh, to oversee um, that oversee some 78.4 billion worth of collective assets and 64% of respondents reported that they expect a slight rise in crypto investments from the likes of pension funds, family offices, uh, insurers, and sovereign wealth funds. Meanwhile, a further 26% of respondents believe they will be dramatically increasing their investment in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies over the next five years. All told, that's 90% of surveyed institutional investors that expect some increase in crypto holdings in the next half decade. According to the report, the survey was conducted in July by market research company Pure Profile and included 50 total institutional investors split evenly between the US and the UK. Asked why they anticipate increased exposure to crypto investments, 84% of respondents said that improved regulatory infrastructure will make them more viable, while 80% said that the expanding crypto market will improve liquidity. Furthermore, 76% added that they believe there will be a more uh, there will be more mainstream financial services uh, companies and fund managers getting into crypto. And the same percentage said that they believe negative interest rates and yields on bonds will also push them into or further into crypto asset investments. Now, this this uh, this article is full of the word crypto and not so much Bitcoin, but I have my own inclinations of what I believe will go on here. I think you're going to see the smart money like right now, like uh, Michael Saylor with MicroStrategy, uh, the guys at Snappa HQ in Canada, the, even the Tahini guys in Canada, they're going to be allocating money into Bitcoin specifically because they, they have a better understanding of the space. You'll have the other people that see that now and say, hey, we need to move on that on this and it will take them time to get the necessary approvals and thing uh, pieces in place to move into this sector um, michael saylor was saying from the time that they wanted to do it to the time that they could execute on it, it was between three and six months and they were pretty nimble so he's saying maybe if if there's an influx of this happening don't expect it for another at least three to six months before you start seeing more and more people i think at that point after the smarter money that understands what the true value proposition is starts getting in, then you get the laggards 
the companies that are like, hey, this is this is big and maybe we missed the boat on Bitcoin. Maybe we can diversify. And that's where you see the poor allocation of money into bullshit crypto diversification funds or baskets. And those people are going to get fucking wrecked because they'll be hitting it around kind of like the peak mania of the bull market and they'll be holding some pretty heavy bags as shit pans out through the bear market. Um, the people that were starting to accumulate Bitcoin now when the the bull market hasn't even really gotten into full, so we haven't even hit previous all-time highs yet, I think they'll be fine because, you know, if, if a bull run happens, they're probably never going to see price points in and around this range within a couple of years ever again. Um, whereas the people that get in late in a bull market and diversify into whatever the flavor of the week is being offered by these diversified portfolios and these these funds and baskets of cryptos, they are going to get destroyed. I did a, an article last year and I did a postmortem mortem on Brian Kelly on CNBC. He did a well-diversified crypto portfolio. And the long and the short of it is uh, two years later, you came out on top in terms of dollars. So if you dropped 10 grand into it, you came out with around 13 grand. The thing is when you dove in coin by coin and I think the allocation was 30% Bitcoin, 15% Ethereum, 15% Ethereum classic. And then there were like a couple like 10% XRP and like, and then 5% into some like long shot ones. Uh, only Bitcoin made money. I think it was Ethereum and Monero were pretty much break even and everything else lost massive, massive amounts of money. So the only reason for that $3,000 gain or that 30% gain was Bitcoin and everything else just destroyed your portfolio. And so the opportunity cost of not just having Bitcoin through that time period was you literally lost half of the Bitcoin you could have had. And I anticipate much of the same to happen through this same cycle because there's a steady flow of new people not understanding that this has all played out twice before. Um, well, I mean, depending on what your time frame is, but I'm talking about kind of these four-year having cycles. So we will see. I could be mistaken, but that's my that's my inclination. Uh, now, interesting here, uh, Bloomberg intelligence analyst calls Bitcoin a standout asset. Uh, just a quick summary here. Mike McGlone, senior commodity strategist at Bloomberg, examined Bitcoin's potential upside on Twitter today. He described Bitcoin as a standout fixed supply asset that is set to be a primary beneficiary of equity and bond prices. McGlone has previously spoken about how Bitcoin and the stock market relate to each other. Cryptocurrency typically does not have much of an effect on equity prices, he has said, but Bitcoin does stand to benefit from any stimulus caused by the stock market trades extending beyond their usual timeline. Bitcoin is a standout fixed supply asset that should be a primary beneficiary of a in a period of limited potential further upside in equity and bond prices in our view. QE juxtaposed versus tightening Bitcoin supply leaves adoption and demand as the top price outlook metrics, McGlone said. In a conversation with Decrypt, Jason Dean, an analyst at Quantum Economics, said McGlone is alluding to the hardness of Bitcoin supply when compared to all other assets, especially bonds and equities, which he may also be implying are overvalued. 
As Bitcoin's total supply is known at all times, future forecasts can be calculated using precise figures, leaving only demand to influence the crypto asset's price and value. He believes, as I do, this will be determined by ongoing adoption rate and institutional demand, Dean added. Uh, so yeah, again, kind of a bullish outlook. But in contrast to that, you had uh, <laughs> you had a report from the Central Bank of Canada. Now, this is funny because you have all the, all the uh, analysts at that are starting to clue into this, and then you have a central bank chiming in to the negative. Um, and so a report from Canada's central bank shows that while most Canadians are knowledgeable about basic finance and Bitcoin, few actually hold any crypto assets. According to the results of the Bank of Canada's 2019 cash alternative survey published in August 2020, financial literacy is positively associated with the awareness of cryptocurrency, but negatively associated with ownership. Now, this does go on and it talks about how how um, 93% of Canadians with high financial literacy are aware of cryptocurrencies as opposed to only 72% of those with low financial literacy. Now, conversely, 8% of those with low financial literacy reported they own cryptocurrencies compared to 4% of Canadians with high financial literacy. Um now, the interesting thing about this is that they go on to say that um, some data suggests that many investors are shying away from crypto due to a lack of cryptocurrency literacy. Um, so trading and investment platform eToro conducted a survey in 2018 that revealed 44% of online investors polled were not trading cryptocurrencies because they felt they lacked the proper education. A similar study conducted in 2019 by Grayscale found that U.S. investors would be more likely to invest in Bitcoin if there were more educational resources available on it. Um, so what I'm seeing here is... Across the board, not a lot of people have or own Bitcoin. The people that are more financially ed educated are, are more likely to know about it, but less likely to invest in it. And they cite the reason as being uneducated on it. So they know what it is. They're aware of it, but they need more information before they dive in which is kind of what we've seen out of some of these institutional players. They, they wait and they try to learn before allocating, like a lot of institutions, they won't touch stuff until it's well over $100 billion. Then they maybe start to pay attention and then maybe they start to allocate, but that takes years. Um, whereas you get the average Main Street person who doesn't know much about finance and they see the ups and downs of the markets and they see dollar signs and they just go ahead and they just go buy it. And it's a lot easier for a nimble individual person who just wants to roll the dice to go and jump on something like Coinbase, be inundated with shit coins and just be like, hey, I'm going to roll the dice on all of these and 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 try and play these coins. Well, I, I think that's kind of why you see, you know, double the number of uneducated people having easily dived in versus the people that want to be prudent and make the right decision um, waiting and doing more research. So again, I, I think that the data, the analysis of what's really happening here is a little bit off in that the smart people, the people that 
are already well-educated in traditional finance are waiting to get better educated in what's happening with cryptocurrency. My inclination is that they will, again, as I alluded to in the previous stories, they will come to rest on Bitcoin as they see that it is actually solving a problem and a lot of these other coins are just kind of iterative but iterative on Bitcoin but have made massive trade-offs in the true value proposition of kind of replacing or being an alternative to central bank currencies that have been debased and have no control from regular citizens. Anyways, uh, let's move on. Uh, Same kind of realm, but a Bitcoin ETF finally launches in Bermuda. Uh, So Hashdex, a Brazilian-based fund manager and American stock exchange, uh, NASDAQ, have launched a cryptocurrency ETF to be listed on the Bermuda Stock Exchange. A crypto ETF will allow traditional investors to get involved in trading digital assets. U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has rejected several Bitcoin ETF uh, um, applications within the U.S. Now, um, so the U.S., there's been a lot of hype around Bitcoin ETFs, or there was that is very much dissipated because they just there was just round after round of rejections from all of these proposals from various different companies. Some of the like the Winklevoss twins with Gemini were one of the first to put forward an ETF, um, and they've just been kicked out the door over and over and over again. Um, now there are exchange traded products slightly different uh, in the UK and in the EU, um, but Bermuda has the first ETF really, um, other than. You do have a fund in Canada that launched back in April called uh, the Bitcoin Fund or QBTC, uh, and it was put together by Fred Pai at 3IQ Digital Asset Management. So this has been listed for quite a few months here in Canada, and it allows people to get Bitcoin into uh, your, um, what's the name of it? God, anyways, it's basically a tax, oh, tax-free savings account. That's what I was looking for. Uh, It's basically a tax-sheltered account where you don't have to pay those capital gains or or rather they have already been uh, covered. It's post-tax that goes into this. So um, anyways, yeah, cool to see that in Canada, but uh, the U.S. has very much been lagging on that. Um, My guess if, if I can be so bold, I think that's also going to be one of a number of contributing factors in this next bull run. I was very skeptical that any sort of a Bitcoin ETF would get through at all through the last bull run, through the last bear market at all. I was thinking that Bitcoin goes through its cycles and then the market finds a reason Uh, regardless, like the cycle will just do its own thing and the news tends to follow the cycle as in what gets highlighted in the news ends up being attributed to the price of Bitcoin. Whereas Bitcoin is really just following these cyclical, uh, four years, um, around the supply and these cycles tend to, you know, the the good news will congregate around a natural ebb and flow of the price. And I think that, oddly enough, the timing on this, we may see Bitcoin ETFs in the next 6, 12, 18 months that will contribute to the mania of another Bitcoin bull run. Again, I could be totally wrong, 
but it just so many things are so similar to 2016. I'm very inclined to believe that this will coincide with not cause, but further add to the FOMO that already exists because of the restriction of supply that happened with the Bitcoin having this past May. So we'll see. We'll see how how uh, good of a call that is. Um, okay, moving on from Decrypt. Stable coins like Tether are confusing, says European Central Bank. Oh, man. Okay. Anyways, this digital euro idea uh, or any digital fiat currency and the one that uh, and the one that the ECB or the European Central Bank is contemplating could give rise to financial stability risks if its use became widespread and is uh, its integration with the financial markets uh, tangled beyond repair. Financial stability risks doesn't sound stable at all. This claims the ECB could occur because of a liquidity run. The idea is this, put up some regular fiat euros as collateral for some digital crypto euros like Tether. Um, If its holders believed that the actual euro would lose value, then people would redeem their crypto euros for the real euros and dump the real ones on the market. In these events, the liquidation of assets to cover redemptions could have negative contagion effects on the financial system, said the researchers in this report from the ECB. Widespread stablecoins such as Tether or USDC could also cause systemic risk given that it is prone to manipulation, among other things. And if a stablecoin became an alternative store of value, which the ECB considers less plausible, this would reduce the ability of a central bank to intervene in markets through monetary policy. So basically, this this whole report here from uh, the ECB is outlining outlining the fact that they don't like stablecoins because it kind of takes their hands away from the dials uh, and disallows them from deciding what happens with their own currencies. Um, yes, it's like a derivative of the the you know the euro or the dollar. It's there's more counterparty risk injected there, but it allows markets to be more free and people to decide the value of these currencies. And in an environment where you have uh, just massive amounts of central bank printing and in capital injections all over the globe, uh, there is really no reason for these these currencies to have real value. You don't see as much inflation in regular consumer goods yet, although you do see some as you see uh, UBI and stuff start to roll out, um, but you do see massive asset inflation. You see things like stocks, housing, um, gold, uh, really anything, even like bonds that have like dick all for yields, stuff like that is going up. So anything that you actually really want, anything that's going to retain your purchasing power or, you know, or just like keep it flat and not even in um, thinking about inflation, the cost of those assets are going up. And uh, so the naturally the value of these currencies in all these this printing is going down. They don't like the idea that somebody could actually sell off a whole bunch of a, a currency and potentially tank the value of the euro or any other di- um, any other digital version of a central bank issued currency so freely. That's what it seems to me. Anyways, uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on here: a developer reveals biggest unsolvable lightning attack vector. Okay, so uh, this was an article talking about Wumbo channels on Lightning Network. 
Okay, so I, I know this will need some explanation for individuals. If you're unfamiliar with Lightning Network, effectively a way of locking Bitcoin between two consenting parties, um, almost like, like a, a pipe in which you have Bitcoin and it can flow to and from those two parties easily. This has turned into a huge network of pipes that are interrelated and people can send payments very, very easily for uh, pretty much instantly for next to no cost. Now, initially, Lightning had limits on the amount of uh, the amount of Bitcoin that could be locked up in a single channel and the amount of Bitcoin that could be sent in a single transaction. There were large enough limits, but um, that has effectively been removed with something called Wombo channels, where you could just open massive channels with individuals uh, as long as they're consenting. Um, this effectively can lock up. This attack can lock up. Uh, Bitcoin for periods of up to two weeks. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit from this. It gets a little technical, but I'll try and break it down a bit. Um, okay, so independent Bitcoin Lightning developer Juice Jagger uh, or Jagger has outlined an exploit of the micropayments network that could result in channels being compromised with very little effort and negligible cost. However, he said he's hard at work on a possible solution. Jaeger uh, specifies that the attack could be carry out, carried out on Wombo channels, which essentially allow larger transactions between mutually agreeing parties on the Lightning Network. A Wombo channel removes the limit to the total amount of Bitcoin that can be held in a regular Lightning channel, which is around $716 or seven. $1,760 at today's prices. It also removes the approximately $450 limit to how large an individual payment can be. Uh, Jaeger said that the Wombo channels can be exploited because the channel cannot hold more than 483 hash and time locked contracts. So these are the little contracts that say when you close these channels, who gets what Bitcoin? So if I have a channel between myself and you, and we have uh, say 10 Bitcoin locked up between us and we're transacting goods and services back and forth. And, you know, I give you a Bitcoin, you give me a Bitcoin back and forth. Um, the final state of that channel is whatever the latest HTLC or the latest contract states. Okay. Well, after all of these transactions back and forth, it should be settled that I have four Bitcoin and you have six. Okay. So basically if there's too many of these, these, contracts going on between channels, it can bog down the network and lock up uh, this Bitcoin until the channel is effectively closed after X amount of time. So um, now he did say that they're looking to implement uh, something kind of like a firewall uh, that would prevent this type of behavior. It's in the works. Again, Lightning is still pretty new. It just launched in 2018. It's made a lot of leaps and strides. Uh, since then, it's become increasingly easy to use. I know because I, I used it the moment it came out and then I've been using it ever since. I use it, I'd say every two to three days I'm doing lightning transactions at this point, which is more often than I do regular Bitcoin transactions. So anyways, uh, obviously this is not affecting the main network of Bitcoin that 
is unaffected. And that's why I'm not as worried about things like this on Lightning. Yes, there are funds up locked up there. Um, but the idea is to innovate on Lightning to not put at risk the main core network of Bitcoin. So um, I'm sure this will be solved over time, but it does go to show that, again, um, you, you got to be careful with development. You got to be careful with how much money you have sitting in Lightning. I use it as kind of like a spending back and forth platform for smaller transactions. I don't sit a lot of my Bitcoin in it. And uh, I would advise the same of you, like maybe a few hundred bucks if you're playing around, but uh, don't have too much sitting there because it's it's still new. Uh, but nonetheless, still love Lightning. If you haven't played with Lightning, go check out uh, Phoenix Wallet. That is my go-to day-to-day Bitcoin wallet. It's non-custodial and it's still very easy to use and you can receive a regular Bitcoin transaction to it and instantly have it on Lightning. You can also send a regular Bitcoin transaction out of it and it swaps from Bitcoin, or sorry, it swaps from Lightning to a regular Bitcoin transaction without you having to think. Uh, So very, very cool there. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna wrap it out there. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. If you are here on YouTube, do hit like, subscribe, share, all of those things really, really do help. I can't stress that enough. So please do. If you want to help out the show in another way, you can hit up the sponsors I mentioned previously down below. Uh, that was Leaden. You can get 53 bucks if you sign up and get a loan. Uh, you can check out Crypto Cloak's awesome Bitcoin swag code BTC Sessions for 5% off. And you can hit up Kobo. Remember, if you retweet the show and let us know why you want one, you can get one of those steel seed plates for your backup wallet. And finally, if you really liked what you saw, you can hit me up with a Bitcoin Lightning Network tip at my tippin.me page. That is T-I-P-P-I-N dot me slash at BTC sessions. And with that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful evening or a wonderful day wherever you are. And I'll see you next time for your daily session.